So you made the brave decision to leave your past. But where do you go now? The answer may surprise you. Let's talk about it. You ready? Let's work. soul. I'm praying that all is well with you, and I am grateful to say that all is well with me and the Pope household. Uh, We're still in the Christmas season. It's still very, very, very exciting, Um, and it has its moments, so we're learning to be excited and then to rest, excited and then to rest. That's what Jesus did, ebbs and flows. You give, you serve, and then you pull back and you repair, you replenish, you get poured back into by the Father. It's a beautiful rhythm. We're going to talk about that, actually, more towards the end of the season. And speaking of the season, thank all of you for your support. Thank you for every listener. Thank you for those who have shared the show. I'm really hoping and praying that this is a source of value for you because all of us are navigating through our own journeys. We've all got major decisions to make, whether that be, you know, are you going to purchase your house this year or next year? Are you going to marry this man or not? Are you going to ask the woman on the date or not? Are you going to stay at this church or not? Are you going to apply to this program? Like every kind of decision that we have to make, we just want to make sure that we make it well. And I think that life is a journey of transition. So why not have the tools so that we can really thrive and flourish? That's a part of the Christian walk. It's not just suffering. Yes, you suffer, but you suffer through and to for an actual end. You don't just suffer till you die. Okay, so let me not be tangential. I want us to get straight into the show. And to give a quick review, let's get into it right here. Now, we've been talking about the stages and phases of transition. And so we have phase one. I love talking about it because it's just so real and it's undeniable. The itch, the ache, that unrelenting nagging that says it's time. And then phase two was last week's episode, the goodbye. The moment where you say, I got to put one foot in front of the other. I have to make this move. I've got to say the thing I need to say. I have to have the hard conversations with myself first and then with any other party involved. And after that, it's it's go time. And now we've entered phase three of every single transition that happens in your life. This one is the most important one. And this is the one that people resist the most. This is actually the reason why people would rather stay stuck It is the thing that causes people who should say goodbye, those people actually stay. This phase is the most feared and yet most significant component to your transition journey. It is the middle. Fam, what do you do when you left where you were, but you have not gotten to where you need to go? How do you live in that? How do you sit with that tension? And what do you do when it's longer than just one night? See, the thing about the middle 
is that the middle is a season of time. And it's the part where for some of us, it it takes longer than others because that's the one that we want to skip over. Okay, so let's just talk about the middle a little bit. Let's talk about the tension. I'm going to share a quick story that happened with me. And then I want to end our episode with this beautiful blessing. It's written like a poem that I came across that I think will just encourage all of us as we endure uncertainty because that's really the thing It's the uncertainty. So, so can we talk about the middle for a little bit? Yeah, like the middle is where, okay, you've said your goodbyes, you put your stuff in the truck, you done landed to your new location. The middle is where you left that job and maybe you've started the new one or maybe you haven't yet. See, the middle is, it has moments where it feels dark and confusing. It's almost like being in a cave of sorts. The middle is that cocoon phase. The middle can be disorienting. You're not sure whether you're coming or you're going. And that can play a real hard um, kind of dynamic on your mental state, right? When you don't know, your routine has been disrupted. The middle is where disruption really exists because your status quo, your social norms, everything that you're used to using and walking in and utilizing as a source of comfort, it's all gone. The phone call that you used to make, whenever you felt like that, you, you can't make that phone call anymore. The, the people and the place that you used to go to as a source of fun and maybe joy and satisfaction, that's no longer available to you. And so the middle becomes a source of disorientation because you don't always know exactly where to go. And when you don't know where to go, sometimes that hinders what you do. So I remember I was actually visiting a church and I was sitting in the congregation and it was wonderful people and the music was great and they were all so kind and loving. But as I sat there, I started feeling tears come up and I was like, um, hello, like song, you, you a G, what happened? Where was this reaction coming from? And I had to acknowledge um, later on that a part of it was because, hey, this didn't feel like where I'm coming from. But where I'm coming from no longer feels like where I'm supposed to be. But I don't know exactly where I'm supposed to be. I just know that neither of those places, that ain't it. You, you ever been there? You've been there, fam, where you're, you're in a space where you're going, mm-mm, but you can't quite pinpoint what it is you're actually supposed to be doing or where you're supposed to be. You just know where you are currently. Mm -mm, That's not where it's at. And so again, we are a people, we're creatures that we try and avoid pain. We try and avoid discomfort as much as we can. And so even with the episode of the goodbye, I am in no way trying to blast or belittle people who choose to stay. What I am instead trying to do is encourage you in your process of growing. Right. So if you choose to stay or if you choose to go, that's between you and your God. But let's also just keep the the book in front of us. Let's keep the truth in front of us. That going is a part of our Christian experience. Going is is where you're promised to grow. Okay, so now we're in this middle tricky spot where, you know, the tears come and sometimes you don't even know why you're crying. The, the grief is, is a huge component because there are moments where you're in the middle and you're still battling with the losses. You still have to deal with some of the repercussions of where and what and who you left. 
And there hasn't yet been recompense for that. Again, we love the mountaintop stories. We love them. And we can even handle somebody else's valley experience, right? Like we can conceptualize that. We understand, oh, you, you know, you're going through a tough time. And then we love, oh my goodness, but everything worked out. How come we don't talk enough about the climb, the uphill battle to put one foot in front of the other and keep going, to endure when there's crosswinds, to endure when everything that you're, you're trying to move up, you have literally overcome your own inertia, your own inactivity, and then you got forces beyond you that are like pushing you back. Why don't we talk about the middle? Well, if we gonna talk about the middle, we have to talk about the truth of the middle, all of the middle. We discuss the truth of the discomfort of the middle, but we also have to talk about this truth. The middle is where you're made. The middle is where we're made, fam. When you really think about it, and there's concepts of nature and all kinds of things that speak to this truth, we are not developed. We do not grow. We cannot get better if we are not put in spaces, scenarios, situations, seasons where we have to deal with discomfort, where we have to be taken out of our element. I remember being a kid, first hearing the story about how birds were taught how to fly, and essentially it would be like the mother bird picks up the baby bird uh, and then just kind of either kicks them out the nest or while flying just drops them. And it's like, fam, could you imagine what happens if you could you imagine being a bird, your mama drops you? On the surface in this postmodern society where we have prioritized pleasure over every other thing, which to me is why, because we've prioritized pleasure, we don't progress as well as we think we do. Um, that's a whole other podcast for another day. But my point is, we prioritize pleasure, and because of that, we avoid pain, not realizing it is pain that is required to grow. Discomfort, however you want to call it. If pain is too harsh of a word for you to use right now, no offense to you, I'm not being shady, then we can just call it discomfort. Either way, your comfort zone is not where you grow. And this is something that we know. And so what do we do with the middle? How do we make sense of it? Where do we get right perspective? Um, here's one thing, Soren Kierkegaard, he's, uh, I may be mispronouncing his name, I think he was a Danish um, theologian, philosopher, he suffered with depression. I don't know any like great person, man or woman of God, who has not had their own bout. Um, that's a little tangent that you can endure and go through and be heavily used by God. Again, another podcast for a different day. But here's what Kierkegaard says. He says that life is lived forward, but understood backwards. Life is lived forward, but understood backwards. What does that mean? That means that it's not going to make sense when you're in it. And it's not going to make sense until you're out of it. And you can look back and go, oh, so this is why the divorce happened. Oh, so this is why I had to leave that, that place of employment. Oh, so this is why you put me in this position, Lord, where I had no idea what I was doing. I just I heard you say yes, so I said yes. And it took about a couple years of complete disorientation. And now here we are in a place of stability, right? Oh, so this is why I had to endure that hardship. This is why we're not friends anymore. I used to say to my husband years and years ago, 
and I even say this to my children now, the ones who at least get the concept, um, certainly not the toddlers, <laughs> but my oldest especially, I'll say to her, um, time in the Holy Ghost. Time and Holy Spirit are the great revealers of God's will. It's not always going to make sense. And truth be told, we can see this through the beauty of the story in Scripture. It's not supposed to. Like our, This is actually faith at work. And that's the great part of being in the middle is, again, how do you see it? So since we're talking truth about the middle, the first truth is how disorienting and clunky and wonky that the middle is. The middle is disorienting. Truth number two about the middle, the middle is where you're made. And then here's the final truth about the middle that is so crucial. If we know that this is where we're made, then the most important part about the middle is our focus. To make it out the middle, your focus must be right. Because here's the crazy part, right? Like, Again, we're using stories of scripture. We're understanding. This is reason number 48 of why I love the Bible. It's always going to give us the blueprint of where we are in our own lives. I understand it's, you know, people try and discredit the Bible. Oh, it's not fully in error. And how can you say that? I get it. That's the first place to hit, right, is the authority of the scripture. What you cannot deny is that there's never a point in scripture that it doesn't speak to where you are. So friends... If you, like me, find yourself in the middle, let's look at the word. And, and sometimes the word will use the lives of the people in Scripture to show us not just what to do, but what not to do, fam. I'm bringing the children of Israel back into the story because you, you just you, they're so crucial to any journey. They literally, their entire identity was about a journey. A whole book called Exodus. It is literally like the journey out. That's what that means, to leave, okay? So if you take the children of Israel and you pay attention to what did they do? They left slavery. They left captivity. How did they manage the middle? And that's the question for so many of us right now who know that, okay, we made the right decision. We did leave. We did burn the ships. We're out of there. But now how do we manage this new normal? For some of us, the pandemic accelerated us into a middle season. We didn't even plan on it. It just happened. You, what, what can you do when you can't go to work in the same capacity or you can't go to church in the same capacity or you can't visit certain family and friends in the same capacity? It causes you to then reevaluate your priorities. Perhaps you weren't supposed to be spending that much time with those friends and family members. Perhaps that's not the job. Perhaps that's not the place of worship for you. Okay, so how do you then manage your middle? How do you live in the tension of the already that is to come but the, the not yet that exists right now. Now hear me healthily. I'm just using that term. I know that is an actual like heavy $10 theological uh, concept. I'm not trying to get in the way of that fam, but there is a tension that exists with living in the middle. So how do we manage it? A huge part is our focus. What you notice with the children of Israel is as they were in the middle, they did two things that I'd like to point out that were just fatal to their future. And the first thing they did was they looked back with wrong perspective. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in last week's episode, but I have to bring that back again because what happens with us as a people is when we endure pain, pain has a way of shaping our perspective. And if you are not rooted in the truth of who God is, you will have a perspective that is inaccurate. 
right? So what does that mean? They started looking back going, oh, well, you know what? Maybe, maybe Egypt wasn't that bad. You feel me? Like maybe, I mean, we was eating good. I mean, at least we were stable. I mean, at least we knew. So managing the middle for them became a source of misery because of their perspective. They decided to look back and remember wrong. So instead of focusing on the God who took them out, they got angry at the leader leading them, and they decided instead to focus on a past that's not even helpful for where they are now. And that's a great lesson for us in this, right? Like we can have moments in our middle where we begin to focus on a past that does not, it's not going to help you with your future. So the lesson that the children of Israel can teach us about how to manage our middle is what we pay attention to. And that's the crazy part, right? Is they started looking back and they had the wrong perspective. And what did that do? It created a distraction from focusing not only on their future, but the God of their future. And this is really important for us to see is that sometimes if you hang on to, because first off, not everybody leaves a place, a person, a situation because of offense. We discussed that last week too, right? Sometimes it's really the hand of the Lord or the allowance, the providence of the Lord, opening it up and saying, hey, it's time to move on. So it doesn't require offense for people to walk away. Sometimes this is just literally the will of the Lord. And sometimes the Lord will send offense. Whatever the scenario You cannot focus on why you left. You must focus more on where you're going. And I find that there are so many of us that would rather replay the tape of that whack supervisor or that terrible boyfriend or that uh, cheating girlfriend or that abusive leader or that oppressive relationship. We love replaying the tape. And that is how people get stuck in the middle. It's simply an action of, oh, this is... Now we start, instead of singing the song of our future, the song of hope, the song of joy, despite the uncertainty, we start singing a song of sorrow. And here's the crazy part, fam, and I'm speaking specifically to our generation. How many of us know elders who got stuck in their middle? I know of relatives right now, you may have moved from Jamaica or moved from wherever you you were. You're in a whole new environment now, and you still singing the song of your childhood, still singing the song of sorrows. But here's the problem. It's been 25 years. Aunt Gladys, it's been 30 years. You're not going to let that go. And so this is one of the biggest areas that people get stuck in their middle is when they have wrong perspective of their past, not just of, oh, at least life was good back then. Sometimes the perspective is life was so bad, I'm just going to keep replaying that tape, replaying that tape, rehearsing my sorrow. Didn't uh, Israel used to sing this song years ago? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm trading my sorrows, trading it, laying it down for the joy of the Lord. Many people did not lay it down in the middle. So that's the first part they did is they looked back with wrong perspective. The second thing that they did that messed up their management of the middle, shout outs to alliteration, okay? They grumbled and they complained. Fam. No, sir, you can't. You can't do that. And, and here's the reason why we cannot do that for my non-Patwa speakers. We cannot do that (laughs) because, again, we talked about this last week, just as important. What we do has a language. What are you saying to God based on what you do, fam? Now, it doesn't mean that you cannot have, 
your emotions. The Psalms let us know. There's literally a book called Lamentation. So we're not talking toxic positivity in Christian form, right? I think more and more believers need to be able to say, how are you? I'm, I may be blessed. I'm not feeling favored right now. Thank you, Sister Bev. I may be, you know, positionally safe and secure, but I'm feeling real anxious. You're allowed to say that. The scriptures give us credence for the whole spectrum of our emotion, not just shouting joy, joy, glad, glad. And the truth is, too, two things can be true. You can have joy in your soul and still just be enduring, still just be going through. So I'm not saying that you can't have moments or even seasons of feeling low. From Spurgeon to Paul, all kinds of people have gone through. However, the murmuring, complaining, and grumbling, it'll get you stuck in your middle. Why? Because murmuring and complaining has a language that is deeper than just our current circumstance. Murmuring says to God, you're not good. You're not good to me. You're not good enough for me. You don't know what you're doing. And the quickest way to get stuck in the middle as you manage your transition, it is to discredit the God who's taking you out of captivity and into your promised land. He's taking you out of oppression and into flourishing. And when we begin to fuss and complain and all we see, again, replaying that tape of sorrow and we replace it with, well, now I'm replaying this tape of uncertainty and I don't know. And why would you do this? And why are you, well, God, what's wrong with you? Where are you? Now, you, of course, you can ask. Look at Job in his middle. Look at David in his middle. Look at Esther in her middle. Mary had her, there are moments where you can say to God, this don't make no sense. I have no clue what's going on. This makes absolutely no sense. But I know you're with me. Can we talk? Even Jesus had his middle, fam. Jesus was in that garden. Them tears started coming. That pain, the awareness of what he knew he had to do to get to the resurrection, that thing got up there and it said, wait a minute, wait a minute now. If it be possible, can we let this cup pass? So don't beat yourself up for the desire to run through the middle to get to the other side because even Jesus had that same human emotion, which is can we just skip over the hard part? Can we let this cup pass? But look at the difference of Jesus versus even the children of Israel. Look at how Jesus did it right. Look at how he gave us the example to follow. Jesus had a nevertheless. And if you want to manage your middle correctly to flourish on the other side of your transition, you better have a nevertheless in your soul. And the nevertheless is what must be your focus. So again, what is true? Oh, the middle is, it's, it's hard. It's weird. It's discouraging. It's embarrassing. We know what it's like when people start asking you. And sometimes folk will ask you not because they actually care, but because they want to start keeping score. What are you doing? What are you doing? Right. I remember when I attended uh, U of C before I dropped out and people would ask, oh, what did you do this summer? <laughs> when you came back from business, what did you do this summer? And it was never, you could always tell the people who genuinely asked because they wanted to know and they were, you know, enjoying the conversation. They were engaging you in conversation. And you also knew that kid, right? The kid that was asking because they wanted to see, well, I wonder if my, my explorations over in Asia is better than you working at the ice cream parlor for the summer. That's essentially what was being asked, right? So we have that in our middle. We have people that come to you and go, hey, 
Hey, how you doing? What you been up to? Ain't seen you in a minute. How you doing? Then my current middle season, after we made our, um, when we moved physically, we'd have people say, how are you? And you can, you can sense when people are really asking because they care versus, all right, I'm just waiting for that, for that shoe to drop. So the middle can be embarrassing because sometimes you don't always know the answer to that question. Or sometimes the answer is not what you want to give. The answer is not what you want to actually, you don't want to tell the truth. How am I? I have no clue. How am I? I do not know. So yeah, we know that the middle has these components to it where it's literally disorienting. You don't know. So what do you do when you don't know? You carry your nevertheless. You do what you know. Look at Jesus, the ultimate example, not only of how to live, but how to live well. And John Mark Comer says this in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. He says, if we want the life of Jesus, joy, peace, kindness, unhurried, we must develop the lifestyle of Jesus. It is no different when it comes to how we manage our middle. In order to endure and to please the Lord and to live well in the middle, we must have a nevertheless. That's the lifestyle of Jesus. I know it's hard. I don't even want to do this. If there were another way, let somebody else do it. Nevertheless, what does he, let's finish the sentence now. Not my will, God, but thine be done. We cannot have a resurrection that is separate from God's will for our life. We will never be able to experience a glory that is outside of his purpose for our life. And that needs to be said in the middle because sometimes, especially if someone is transitioning from a place of offense or your feelings are hurt, so you left it, you walked away, bump that job, bump that, that leader, bump those people, right? We, we get so upset, we kind of just throw caution to the wind and then we go on our own. That's where, you know, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I don't need this job. Okay, so you've worked, you've worked, you've worked and maybe you hit your six figures, maybe you even hit seven figures, but now your entire life has drawn down. You have absolutely no time for enjoyment. You, you haven't seen your kids in weeks. You don't know anything else other than hitting that sales goal. That is not a glory story. That is not a testimony. That is not a resurrection. That is an ego at work set up to fail. That is your ego getting ready to play the stew out of you. And let's be clear, many people have operated, all of us at one point or another have operated in that way. Bump this, I'm leaving, I'm about to do my own. There are literally churches that are existing right now. Is it because the Lord said, I don't know, that's not my business. But I do know some of these motives for why we even build. It's not because we had a nevertheless. It's because we didn't want, we were tired of being offended. And I just want to share, when we make those decisions, that's not sustainable. That's not how you manage your middle, fam. So if it is fulfilling your purpose how will you know that you've done your purpose? How, we're always asking those questions. How do you know that you've done the will of the Lord? You know because the glory is his. If you find yourself at any point having a, a, a moment of victory and all of this, and God is not anywhere found, whoa. And I'm not talking about the Black Rob, whoa. Wonderful song. I'm talking about W-O-E, the biblical whoa. Be careful. That ain't it. And I'm pausing to say that because we're all in this place where we're chasing, we're pursuing, we want. Check those wants, especially in the middle. The middle is the place not only where you're made, but your motives are purified. 
The middle is where your motives are evaluated. The middle is where God shows you you, not just where you're running from. And he has to show you you so you can get to where you're supposed to go. Fam, don't transition and go through your middle and still have no clue of who he made you to be. What a waste. What a waste of a journey. It's to get through, push through, walk away, climb, and then pop your collar and turn around. You've proven your point. Wonderful. But if you do it based on that level, the Bible shows us that's your reward. So I've heard people say this, especially black folk. I love us. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. That applies. That's a life principle. If you play the stupid game of leaving a place to flex on your ego, even if you think you've won, the only prize is your ego. It's not God. It's not the presence of the Lord. It is not joy. So again, you cannot have, how do you know that you've done the will? How do you know you're in the purpose of the Lord? How do you know this is him telling you where you need to go? How do you know that you're managing the middle well? You know it because the presence of the Lord is with you. When the children of Israel left out of Egypt, there was a cloud by day and fire by night. What was that? That was the presence of the Lord constantly making provision, constantly being with them. For it's his presence that does the producing. It's his presence that does the developing. So if you're going to be in this journey, you better have him with you. And the way to do that is despite the hardness of being in the middle, despite the discomfort of being in the middle, like Jesus, you have your nevertheless. God, I may not like this. I may not even see the light at the end of the tunnel at the moment, but I want your will for me. Greater than any proving point, don't rush your middle trying to show that you are right. Don't rush your middle trying to prove to your mom that you did make the right decision or prove to you know, a, a former loved one that you did make the right decision. You don't have to prove anything to anyone when you are walking in the purpose that God gave for you. Managing your middle means standing on your own, 10 toes down, learning who you are through understanding who God is. So to recap, as uncomfortable, number two, three truths about the middle that'll help us manage it. Number one, it's incredibly uncomfortable. And that's okay because number two, the middle is where you are made. And number three, you make it out of the middle by having the right focus. Not on replaying the tape of your sorrows, not on replaying the offense, using that as fuel to push ahead. Fam, that hustle culture is failing us. You, you see that, right? Okay, so why repeat a thing that's failing when the word of the Lord stands forever? Let me stop right there. I'm starting to get excited. And I might, I might, let me just, let me just, okay, son, bring it down, okay? Woo, almost felt the shout on that one. But it's the word of the Lord that stands forever. Hustle culture does not stand forever. Social media will not stand forever. You have nothing to prove to anyone when you are walking in God's purpose. Make it out the middle with your nevertheless. That's how you get through the death and to the resurrection. That's how you live the life of peace and joy and love that you're looking for. Okay, so fam, before we close out this episode, I found this prayer written by a theologian. Uh, I think she's out of Duke University. Her name is Kate Bowler, and it's a blessing. It's like a blessing slash prayer slash poem. Either way, I thought it would be really helpful um, as we navigate our own middle seasons or processes, what have you. And it's called A Blessing to Soften Our Unearned Certainties. Here we go. Blessed are we, made a little lower than angels, gifted minds that soar, 
and form each thought into the truth that hold us to the earth. Blessed are we, made of little more than dust, freighted with bodies that groan and minds that strain and confuse ideas too inconvenient and lofty to simplify. Bless us with courage to begin again, start down unexplored paths, and be shown a wider truth. Shine your glory on our nature and yours, our theories and your revelations. Surprise us with the immensity of what lies beyond our own awareness. Bless us, people of dust and divinity, who seek the truth in all humility. Though worldly elements resist being named or known, it is you, O Lord, who governs all things. Yours is the wisdom and power, yours the truth to be revealed, and ours the joy when we pause just long enough to stumble toward it. Say la sugar on that, leaving you with something to think about while you courageously, earnestly, and relentlessly look to God, focus fixed on him, the author and finisher, and manage your middle well. Fam, you can do this because he did it already. Thank you for being with me today, fam. I pray that this episode blessed you. I pray that it brought you value. And I pray that you know that even in the middle, you are not alone. You do not have to do this by yourself. The presence of the Lord is with you, and you've got a community of people behind you. So I want to hear from you. I do. I enjoy what we're doing. I enjoy what we're building together. And you can always hit me up. I'm on Instagram at Sampope, S-A-H-N-P-O-P-E. You can also email me, hello at soulworkwithsan.com. And let me know, what phase of the transition do you think you're on? I'd love to know. And if there's any area you want for me to pray with you, I know that it can be hard. It's already hard. People are already pushing through the holidays. The pandemic is still going on. Um, there's a lot. So if there's an area you want me to pray for you, with you, I have no, I'd love to do that. It would be my honor. So you can email me or hit me up. My DMs are open. Also, you can visit the site, www.sompope.com. And uh, we've got the ebook there. Sometimes I do some writing. I've been pulling back from the writing family. You know, just, just love me to mind. Sure. Every time I write, I have so many unpublished entries. So maybe in 2022, we'll, we'll get to it, or maybe we won't. I'm not, I'm not putting pressure on myself in this season. I'm in my middle. I don't need no extra pressure. <laughs> I love y'all for real, and I'm signing off right here. Remember, you're only going to hear one of two statements on that fateful day. Well done, or depart from me. Let's live accordingly. Love you. Talk soon. Talk soon.